All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. That's right. It's your man, Robin Vote here. Of course, the host and founder of the podcast network here on the next, very next episode of Make the Jump. That's right. The last couple times around, you heard me talking with, of course, Mr. Ian Dosher, the author of the Shakespearean Star Wars series, which all of you can always pick up over at Amazon.com. Also, I've had the pleasure, absolute pleasure, I have to say, of talking to Mr. Stephen Tillman, the Star Wars guru, Mike Moriarty of Home One Hangout. I'm telling you, Make the Jump has been bringing on so many different people across the board here. And it's been, I, to say the least, great conversations throughout, you know, whether it's about Star Wars, whether it's about life, whether it doesn't matter. It, it all just comes back together. And it's such a great conversation. Number one, one of the things I do have to say here is that we've been getting closer and closer to a lot of the episode nine stuff. And anybody who knows me knows that I love to theorize all of the time. I love to theorize when it comes to Star Wars, whether it's the films, whether it's the novels, whether it's the animated television shows. Listen, I've even been theorizing some stuff about Clone Wars, what Dave Filoni's going to start doing with it now that he's getting to wrap up the story that he wanted to. And the big thing for me is, obviously, you can go out into www.brickcityblockade.com and you can check out my latest article, which actually talks a little bit about Richard E. Grant possibly playing the role of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, I know that's coming way out of left field. I had talked about that theory across multiple podcast episodes before, uh, more specifically, being a big Doctor Who fan, some of the smaller projects he's worked on, that dark tone that he carries across the board is just absolutely fantastic. Richard E. Grant is such a great English actor, and I feel like if he was to take on the role of Grand Admiral Thrawn, it would be absolutely amazing, and I would love to see it happen in Star Wars Episode Nine. but of course I want to hear your thoughts. Please head on over to the website, BrickCityBlockade.com, hit us up across social media, hit myself up, because... Listen, if I get something freaking wrong, you got to tell me. you got to tell me right on the spot and tell me how you feel about it, too. So please make sure to do that. But specifically on this episode of Make the Jump, you know, again, theories are a big thing. I even recorded about a year ago about why theories are so important to the Star Wars universe. And, you know, amongst all the negativity, I could keep talking about that stuff, of course. I could keep talking about that stuff, and I'm not going to because guess what? Theories are meant to be fun, guys. They're meant to just break down and have a good old time with. And when it comes to episode 9, there's so many different ones that exist right now. Kylo Ren is definitely one. Where is his story going? Is he going to go to Vader's castle? Or is he going to hang back and be like, you know what? There's so much going on right now. I need to meditate within the dark side. And I need to find my pathway through that. That's one aspect to it. Also, you have Rey. And you have you know Daisy Ridley coming back to play that character. What is she going to do with that character? Rey obviously is holding the Jedi text, like I've mentioned before. What is she going to do with those? Obviously, the recent uh, issues of the Poe Dameron comic kind of translated certain sections of the Jedi text, which was really cool. And Caden Stetler recently talked about it on an upcoming episode of Calm Chatter. But the best part about what could happen in Episode Nine? Of course, J.J. Abrams is coming back to direct this film. I've heard so many mixed reactions within the Star Wars fandom when it comes to what could possibly happen with J.J. Abrams as director again after what, you know, 
number one, what a fantastic film he was able to put together with Force Awakens. I absolutely love it. I've seen it 12 plus times, and it never gets old. And Ryan Johnson gave us a very different Star Wars film. Uh, that That's just how it is, and that's how the fandom has to accept it. J.J. Abrams had his say in what happened in The Last Jedi. He was behind The Force Awakens and wanted to carry over some of that story arc and give something for Ryan Johnson to run with, essentially. And to see executive producer J.J. Abrams at the end, it really had me questioning, number one, all right, so he's... I mean, what, what can they do with Colin Trevorrow, then? If this guy is behind his executive producer on The Last Jedi, you might as well have him for episode nine. You might as well have him wrap up this entire thing. And knowing that J.J. is going to put an end to a lot of these stories or maybe open up some new arcs in the in the process is really exciting. And to theorize about that is not a bad thing. But I do warn people about speculation to the point of building up on your own expectations because that's the, the little, uh, I guess you could say the self-made trap that everybody ran into at The Last Jedi. Myself included, there were some things that I did want to see out of The Last Jedi. Canto Bite didn't hit it for me. I think that it could have done without it. But I went in with such high expectations that Canto Bite just didn't really hit. And I feel like a lot of people did that. For me specifically, I, I don't know how to approach Episode Nine without setting high expectations. And it's something that I'm kind of working through. And I think it does come down to the theories that I talk about and, and the way in which I propose theories. And, of course, the Thrawn one is pretty left field, like I said before. But other than that, I mean, heading into Episode Nine, Kylo Ren, Rey, Poe Dameron, what they're going to do with Princess Leia, I mean, all of it, in, in many ways, is very foreign to us. And I think we have to treat it that way. And it should feel foreign to us, because, guess what? The Last Jedi felt foreign to us. For people to walk in with such high expectations is a dangerous path, uh, as Palpatine would say it's it's a path to the dark side of a force. And I feel that if we are going to speculate, let's do it in a way that just makes sense. Let's have fun. Let's not make it the expectations we walk into the film with. A lot of the theories that I've really been thinking of more recently that kind of hit this mark specifically, Ray. And as people know, as much as I'm a Sith Lord, I love my Jedi lore. I love breaking it down. I love getting into the inner depths of what the Jedi are composed of. And the most fascinating piece about where the Jedi are heading, and I said this years ago with Rogue One, is that if we are to progress with the Jedi Order in the way that Luke has seen it, in the way that Yoda projects it upon Luke in The Last Jedi, the one major piece that still stands out to me is the whole idea of the Jedi must end. And a lot of people are unsure about that line because Luke Skywalker was the one that said it. The dangerous part about... Running off of that is because, guess what, J.J. Abrams is going to take what the traditional sense of the Force is that Ryan Johnson outlined in The Last Jedi and is going to take it to that next level. We see this progression with Chirrut Imwe. He's not a lightsaber-carrying guy. No, he is a member of the Force. He is one with the Force and the Force is with him. And I feel that with Rey, more specifically heading into Episode Nine, I think we need to see that. I think we need to see the I am one with the Force and the Force is with me rather than the, the brute combat of a lightsaber. Because if she's going to progress that way, because of her connection with Kylo Ren, Ben Solo more specifically, I imagine that his progression is going to be very similar. I imagine that he is also going to experience progression in the Force, whether it's towards the dark side or towards the light, that is very similar in that sense. You know, Supreme Leader Snoke bridging the minds 
of a dark side user and a, and a force user can only really bring them even closer in the force. And I imagine that their pathway that their pathway will be very similar because of that. And that's super exciting in saying that. We do have to remember that Lucasfilm wants to keep these films marketable, not only to the new generation of Star Wars fans, but to the original trilogy fans and those who remember the prequels. And <laughs> that's right, James. No, absolutely. Over on Facebook and getting the comments over there. When I really get into it, dude, you know I look like I'm rapping. More specifically, with the way that Lucasfilm wants to build the progression of these films and to keep them marketable and get people's butts in the seats, is you have to have certain aspects of the original trilogy and the prequels that really make sense towards marketing and making that money in the end. There's The end game is to make money. The end game is to create a product that people will love, will go out, buy the even more products surrounding it, and get you in the seats every time they release a film. When it comes specifically to what they're going to do with Episode Nine, as much as I would love to see this progression of the Force that makes it more, more keen to what Yoda and the original Jedi Order was all about, there does there, there probably will be a giant lightsaber battle somewhere in there because that's what the marketing calls for. That's what makes sense with Star Wars. It's what gets the in the seats. It's what makes sense in the long run for them if they want to continue to make Star Wars the household name when it comes to film. For episode nine to hit the mark, in my personal opinion, and I come from a marketing side, I can understand that. I can, I can truly understand the money-making aspect to it. I think you have to have a balance, much like there's a balance in the force. I feel like there has to be some sort of way to bridge in the traditional sense of the force with this new sense of the force, which means lightsabers and force powers. And I'm going to say it. The prequels does it beautifully. I'm a prequelist. I'll say it. I love Phantom Menace in certain aspects, and I truly love Revenge of the Sith. It's still one of my top favorite Star Wars films. If it, the, one of the best approaches they can take to Episode Nine, and why J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm and a lot of people have been talking about, well, Episode Nine is going to wrap up Star Wars in a way that we've never seen before. It's going to take all aspects of the George Lucas films and everything that we've learned across all these years and bring it all together and wrap it up with a bow on top. And that's really cool. And I really hope to see almost a prequel take to it. A Revenge of the Sith, where we see Yoda and Palpatine fighting it out using the Force, not just through lightsabers, but through raw Force power, while we have Anakin and Obi-Wan battling on Mustafar, and they're using the brute power of a lightsaber to try to defeat each other. And that aspect of the prequels is something I totally want to see play out in Episode Nine. Do I want to see another battle on Mustafar? Maybe it'll be Rey and Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren will burn up like a like a potato crisp, who knows? I totally doubt that. But one of the best aspects of Star Wars that could truly play out here is the whole idea of the Master and the Padawan. And I feel that Kylo Ren and Rey, more specifically, are Padawan and Padawan in this case. Both have little to no experience. Both have little to no exposure in the Force, truly, like, like really understanding where they place themselves within the Force. And taking that raw power like we saw in The Last Jedi when they're both trying to pull at Luke and Anakin's old lightsaber, and it snaps in half. That immense power that resides there is so important to Episode Nine. I keep going back to that. And I say to myself, well, you know, where, where could J.J. Abrams take that? And to what level could we see that progress even farther? In that case, it would have to be a duel in Episode Nine. In that case, you'd have to see something very, very different 
maybe we've seen play out before, but maybe something brand new. And that's going to be up to J.J. Abrams to be able to decide. I mean, he's filming this film right now. It's already in production, guys. And what he's doing there, I mean, if we could be a fly in the wall in that production room, I'd love to be it. But we almost have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, he's going to do this the way he's going to do it. If he's going to do it, you know he's probably going to do it right. And that's super exciting to see. And I, I really do hope that Episode Nine doesn't carry a ton of expectations with it amongst the fans. I hope we just walk in and say, you know what, I want to see the Force. I want to see the Star Wars that I grew up with. And I want to see the Star Wars that Lucasfilm is planning to continue to give to us for many years going forward. Now, one of the other things I do have to talk about here... About one year ago today, Rebel Cause Lancaster and Brick City Blockade came together to unite themselves around the idea that unity is community and that the friendom exists. And one of the best things here, and and why I wanted to include this in this episode, was because Caden Stetler has done such a wonderful job over at Rebel Cause Lancaster, and the Brick City Blockade has progressed in such a way that, you know, it's awesome that we get to reflect on the progress that we've made over over the this year more specifically and i just wanted to give a quick shout out over to rebel cause lancaster and caden stetler more specifically because he's doing such a great job in that uh market and he's doing such great stuff for the city of lancaster and uh, the brick city blockade is very proud to have rebel chatter be part of the brickcityblockade.com podcast network and we're so lucky to work with him across the board so big shout out to you Caden Steller Rebel Cause Lancaster happy one year we're super excited to continue that relationship going forward and you know what more can I say it's been such a freaking awesome time this is make the jump from the brickcityblockade.com podcast network check us out at www.brickcityblockade.com follow us on twitter at brickcitysWPC also please make sure to subscribe rate and comment across all those fantastic podcasting apps as we always say here at the podcast network may the force be with you always anybody anybody else in these other places is hot out as me I mean, it's like it's like almost 100 degrees out my goodness gracious Somebody get me a bottle of water. It's either that or I'm going to be like Finn on Jakku. I'm going to be like desperate for water and have to drink out of that other animal's big water bowl. Funny to think about that. This is Admiral Radis of the Rebel Alliance. Call up the Brick City Blockade. AP5 has an idea.